And now sense. it's it's Loke Hugh still holding the record no, down. No one's going to be convinced. <laughs> yeah, I she think was that's like six it. when she got the nomination. Blue Ivy Carter is the only person who could possibly beat Convention Like, just I'm, you would have to be an already famous child when mm-hmm. like you're acting debit in order to get Northwest. Northwest could get it. Uh, I feel like Apple Paltrow is too old now. Mm-hmm. Um, remember when that was like a big joke? Apple. Apple. She named her kid Apple. Who named Gwen. her kid Seven? Or is that from That's Seinfeld? That's from Seinfeld. <laughs> it's George Costanza's ideal name for a child. Seven. seven. It's or gender is it, neutral. No, it, I think it's Kramer's. Is it, I, I, I think it's George's. I think it's George's. I think it's George's. Is Kramer, doesn't Kramer like suggest isosceles? I don't remember that part. I but think so. Probably. I can't... Okay, so um, this is hilarious to me. By the way, I secretly turned the recording on. Uh, Great. Okay, so something funny has happened. So I always have the IMDb pages open for the movies so I can do character names. And I'm on Peter Lou's, and I am seeing an IMDb page takeover, the likes of which I have never seen beyond a Marvel film or, like, it... (laughs) It's like they they have changed the they, and it's for Peterloo. It is a Peterloo themed page. They changed IMDb and the the logo in the upper left hand corner to be like script, and like on the sides there's like the rioters and or I shouldn't say rioters I should say the the assemblers. Mm. Mine um, isn't doing it. It must be it must be particular God. on the i at the IPs. God, I wish this was a visual wow. medium. Um, hilarious to me. Isn't it it funny how Mike Lee shot Peterloo on an iPhone and that's not the story behind the movie? Wow. No, I'm just kidding. I liked this movie more than everybody else, I think. I like this movie. I'm not saying that we don't like it. (laughs) Anyway, Brandon, how are you feeling today? Uh, well, I'm sick again. Again. Hello. Hi again. Sick again. He's sick and tired of your shit. Wow. It took, uh. He's fighting back. I can't do the bit because I'm bad at lying, but I said, what if I had popped a NyQuil before coming here? <laughs> and and so, you just slowly descended Jake NyQuil this. in pill form? I take NyQuil. What's the fun? <laughs> All right, so I do. <laughs> We're going to have this conversation now. I'd be glad I to. do. I do um, half the dosage of the NyQuil cough and then the two pills of the NyQuil. Damn. That's a lot. I, I double NyQuil. I thought you were about to be like, I just don't think it's safe to take the... Oh, the, the alcohol kind. I or whatever. slam that shit. I slept through my alarm this morning. Hell yeah, <laughs> that's what's up. I also slept through my alarm this morning because I was up until one in the morning watching Mike Lee movies last mm. night. Linda, Linda's... is Linda is Linda on the transit poster? No, she's in the closet. Oh, okay, she's, she's doing witchcraft in the closet. I thought, I thought Linda was scratching up the giant transit poster board that I got for Ben that he mm. doesn't want. Well, <laughs> I knew he wouldn't like it because of the text. I knew I will. I did too. Did you take a poster of it with the tweet? Did I a take poster a poster of it? it with the tweet? I took a Nyquil. Okay, leave me alone. <laughs> you slowly descend Do into gibberish. So I think Peter Lou is. Blah, blah, blah. Peter, I start. I just honestly, start talking Peter, like I'm in the Black Lodge. Peter, Peter Lou. No, Peter Lou sounds like the type of gobbledygook that would be spoken in the lodge, or like. If you're at the end of if you're like the Peter t- Lou. Peter Lou. Like Peter Lou. If, if you're get, like I was gonna say Peter and, then, Lou. and then you said this, which is better. Peter Lou. Uh like but, it sounds but, like something you would say like your last word before mm. being knocked out by NyQuil and not mm. God is the sun. God is the sun. <laughs> Mr. Turner is the renaissance of Gary Oldman. Oh gosh. 
Oh, God. I just mean our Gary Oldman. Our Jowls. Oh, Not version. actually Gary Oldman. He's, I, he's I, dead, version. isn't he? he died. I thought Danny DeVito Gary was Oldman outstanding died? as Mr. Turner. <laughs> I love Batman Returns. Wait, I want to backtrack so we can fit in our bit. What so, bit? yeah, Peter Lou, yeah, they workshop how to say it in the movie. <laughs> Peter Lou. We... What should we call it? Oi. I was at Waterloo, and this is even worse than that. <laughs> and then someone else says, it's like a battlefield. We'll call it the, the Battle of Manchester Waterloo. St. Peter's Square. Peterloo. We'll call it the Battle of Peterloo. No, no, no. Not a battle. More, oh. Much more of a massacre. The Peter, Peterloo Massacre. Smash to title. I can smell the wet ink on my newspaper. Smash to title, cue Abba song. Uh. I can smell the giddies fresh in my pocket from selling my newspaper of the Peterloo Massacre. If you're watching a massacre and it takes place in St. Peter's Square and it looks like okay. the Battle of Waterloo, you might be watching... The Peterloo Massacre. Oh, wow. That, that got me. <laughs> I don't think... Is that it's like, offensive? You... I guess it happened 800 it's years no, ago. I'll, it's no more offensive than... I, I, so Brandon and I caught each other between screenings. At I've the, made quite a few off-color jokes. Not, not to get too regional, but... Steppy on a baby's head. I was at the 1 o'clock Peterloo at the Limley Royal. Brandon was at the four the 420. Uh, I went to the 420 the day before. <laughs> Y'all going to the beach bum. I um, was lit... Y'all were chill. Y'all were chill. Lady. But Brandon mm. and I had a little chat at the crosswalk before he went in to see the film. I was just leaving the film. Carrying a poster. Car- I was carrying a transit poster, which... It's not a poster. Ben, ben had expressly requested, <laughs> and I saw it, and they were giving it away for free. And I was like, oh. I don't did, want a did, cardboard did, did I... lobby hanging. No, did I not? It's history. That's history. I want, That's history. I want an actual poster that I can frame and hang Just in my home like art. Tell people, what the... your pro- tell people what your problem is with the poster board that I well, that I took from the theater. It has a variety you... review Did I not it? point to the variety and go, ooh, when you showed it to me? Well, it's I... not aesthetically pleasing to hang in my home. I No, no, you, well, Brandon, you said something else, but I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't spread shit on the microphone. Oh, what did you say? Well, I just—I don't want to go there. We'll talk afterwards. I want to hear it. I don't want to. I is it about me? Is it shit no, about it's me? not about <laughs> no. you. It's not about you. I don't know. Do we like Variety's reviewers? Oh, Guy Lodge is an outstanding critic. It's but not what, one of my like four that I scan Metacritic to see what they say. I do like Manola and A.O. Scott. Yeah, Guy Lodge, I never Justin look Chang. At. Justin mm-hmm. Chang is moderating our Tropical Malady screening at Outfest oh, nice. on Friday. That'll I will be, be there. By the t- on 35mm. By the time this drops, the event will have already oh, happened. it happened. I hope it was great. I had a great time. I love Tropical Malady. Thank you. He I took a night loves, He loves Joe. He loves Joe. Wow. Can't wait. I'll be at Claire Denis that night. Yes. Fair. Is that is that boat no boat your is no. five o'clock Saturday? I'll be doing a triple with you, Ben, on Saturday. Oh, are you gonna save for all three? Yeah. There is a so I'm 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 I am working at a different film festival this week. Um, my work was gracious enough to let me take this other job for the week. But my I work twelve hour days and I get off late. But I am thinking about on Saturday night driving out to the Arrow to catch the third film, which is thir- which is Thirty Five Shots of Rum, mm. which is not Claire Denis' best ah. movie, but it is probably my favorite Claire Denis film. 
And I would like to see that 35 millimeter print. I would like to see it. I would like to see those rice cookers. I'm already very anxious about seeing six Claire Denis movies in one weekend, but I know if I don't, I will regret it. You'll regret it. it. No, it's like with the Bergman retrospective, I had to drag my ass to Santa Monica like Mm -hmm. five days in a row, and I'm so glad that I did it. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say for Let the Sunshine In, because I've seen it twice in the theater. It's it's a DCP. That'll be my break I give myself. Oh, that's the DCP. Yeah. The rest are on 35, so I have to go. You must come. I will regret it. You must go. Our, oh. my, our cinematographer is going to Beaudrevai. Dick Poop? No. Dick oh. I, was, I, I can't wait to talk about Dick Poop. <laughs> <laughs> you too. Because it was for Mr. Turner that I know. he got the nomination that she said Dick Poop. It was. I I had a flashback uh-huh. when I was like, oh my God, Dick Poop shot Mr. Turner. Yes. Oh, he got nominated. Oh, Dick Poop. I'm trying to say Dick less poop. off-color comments <laughs> on the mic, but know that I've got one up here. Dick poop. Just say it. No. But say it. Literally say I it. I won't. Say it. But it's the cinematographer of our short. Oh, great. He will be there. Oh, excellent. He's See never there. seen it. Which one? Bo? Bo. <gasps> mm. I know. <gasps> I love people seeing it for the first time. He was like, my friend says it has the best ending of any movie ever. And I was like, yes. Correct. Just you That's wait. correct. Just oh, that reminds wait. me. I, um... I was thinking today, I don't remember the ending of Alien Covenant, and I almost looked it up on Wikipedia, and I was like, wait a minute. I have a good friend with a projector who also loves the Alien movies. Sent him a sh- shot him a quick text. Do you want to watch Alien Covenant next week? Oh, so wow. I'll bring my Alien, my Alien Covenant thoughts to the pod wow. on the next episode. I what? Didn't, I didn't see it. <laughs> you didn't see it? No. It's good. What? Have you not seen it? Why are you what? Because, Why are you watching Alien because, Covenant? Because I couldn't remember the ending, and then I was gonna like go to Wikipedia and find out the ending of Alien Covenant, and I was like, "Why? What, wait, what a gift! Like honestly, what a gift to forget the ending of a film that you saw like only a couple years ago." Have don't, you seen? You've seen. Don't tell me the ending, Brandon. But you've seen Alien. I've seen Alien Covenant. That's the only one I've seen. I've only seen Alien Covenant. I haven't seen any of the other movies. <laughs> I've seen, I'm a fan of the franchise, and I like the way Michael Fassbender plays the flute to himself. I am fuming that we're talking about Alien Covenant right now. I love Prometheus. Oh, you should see Alien Covenant. I love Prometheus. I love Prometheus. Prometheus is a, Prometheus near, is it's fine. a near it's masterpiece. Great, it's a near great masterpiece. Ass movie. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Alien Covenant. She staple is not. guns herself back together. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Yumi Repus. No, no, Rapist? Numi Rapace Thank you. is the only, God. and I have not seen Alien Resurrection, so actually, I know that I know that Ripley comes back as a clone or something, but to my understanding, is Numi Rapace Dr. Shaw, for those of you in the know, Dr. Shaw, mm. or just Shaw, everyone just calls her Shaw on the ship, is she the only alien character to be able to outsmart the alien by cutting it out of her? Because Ripley, have we all seen Alien 3? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We know that Ripley sacrifices herself to kill the alien at the end. And uh-huh. then she comes back as a clone, but I don't uh-huh. think that counts. So is Numi Rapace the only one to actually get the alien out of them? Makes oh. you think. Makes you think. It does make you think. And a movie about the birth of <sighs> man. Numi Rapace just deserves better. I agree. It's the, it's the weird thing where... I mean, I, Alien Covenant was... Or, sorry. Prometheus was her big, like... The next thing. Yeah. Well, and then she no, fell I, off the earth. Well, coming the, to America. Gr- no, it was coming to America because the girl with the dragon, I'm saying the girl with the dragon queen. I'm ready for Game of Thrones. Uh, oh. the, the girl with the dragon tattoo, that was her big breakout. Oh. Yeah. And I think she got, I'll look it up. I don't think she got a BAFTA nomination for Best Actress, but she got some like European critics. Like oh. it was, I mean, it wasn't just a, she's in this 
you know, Stieg Larsson, like pulpy beach read adaptations. Like this is a great performance. It was her big coming out. Um, she was nominated for the BAFTA for best leading actress for this wow. movie. So it was a real, like a European star is born. Um, but it's that odd thing where I love the actor and I hated that movie. Oh, like, like where well, I'm so glad that she broke out from it, but I'm glad that she broke out of that fucking movie because I think it's a big piece of shit. Oh. I think it's so boring, and especially oh. compared to Fincher's version of well, it. Well, Fincher's version is not a TV movie. Well, yeah, I mean, the Fincher, Steve, the the, other, the the Swedish version looks like a TV movie. Fincher's version also is a real adaptation. It's not just and a, a TV movie. Well, not just a TV movie, but the taking the I'd love to talk about beach reads on movies IMO. But just like it, like every scene of the Steve Larson book is in the Nomi Rapace. Yeah, it's it's just like you need to adapt and cut and tuck and, and shape it into its. Own I don't piece of drama. like the way that. I mean, this is not performance. This is more of a costuming note. I don't yeah, like sure. the way she is uh, realized as a character in this in that in the Swedish, in the Swedish version. version. Interesting. I don't. How do you feel about Roni Mara? I think she's flawless. I think she's great. I think she's great. How do we get here? Alien Covenant. God damn it. Endings. Beau Travai. Endings. Claire Denis. Tropical Malady. Transit Poster. <laughs> we all walked in one by one. To see. We were born. You really. The dinosaur. Just that the, back. The, the, there was a meteor. It was like the tree of The life. dinosaurs walked the earth. Microbes. Frogs getting out of the water walking mm. on legs. A big bang. <laughs> that is done? the ultimate T-N-U-C. Ooh. Are you done? You're done? The guys, NyQuil I want, I want to guys, be clear. Ben, NyQuil. Ben, ben is asking Brandon if he's done, not the guy who's obnoxiously hogging the mic over here. No, I'm just mean, is he done like he's going home? Oh, no, no, I know. But it's for oh, listeners, it's going to sound sure. like you were like, can you shut the fuck up? Oh, sure. He's providing the visual medium that we never I do. Get I get it. I'm establishing. Look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm directing. I'm editing. I'm establishing <laughs> eye lines. I'm cutting between... Close-ups, we must know where everyone is in the room, where wow. the voices are coming from. How great. I love cinema. How great. How about you? What? Maybe that should be the I'm new tagline. I'm still confused program. why you brought up Alien Covenant. I'm because spiraling. I, okay, can I just, he doesn't remember the ending. And that was Can big. I just tell you what happened? No, the whole did you <laughs> I didn't look up the synopsis online because I thought to myself It's a retread. Shut He's fuck. excited oh, to watch Brandon, the movie. I want again. to see the ending fresh. I don't remember it. <laughs> Brandon, I am. It is. It's taking every last fiber of my being not to spoil under the silver <gasps> for you, and I have been doing such a good job. Don't of restraint. Even go there. And now you're just gonna for laughs, just for laughs. Spoil a movie you've already seen. I don't remember it. I hate what a you. gift! What a gift! <laughs> I'm sweating. It's hot. It's a hot I, day. My, I'm, 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 it's I'm the night quill. Thank you for not spoiling my favorite movie of 2019, Under the Silver Lake. Apologist. Jesus. <laughs> Apologist. Under the Silver Lake. Under the night quill. Yeah. Me. Wow. Oh, who's in charge, Ben? I'll do it. It's Ben. Well, let's hear what he has to say. <laughs> let's see. Let's hear what he has to say. <laughs> what do you have to say, Ben? Takes a sickly sip of water. Well, say you. We are here today to celebrate the sequel of our seeing Mike Lee at the Getty. 
which I talked about in therapy today. <laughs> what did you say? Okay, but quickly, what did you say? <laughs> you don't have to share, but if you want to share, please share. I just had to explain who Mike Lee was because I was talking about all the things I've done since I've seen him because it's been a few weeks since yeah. he was on vacation, and I had to then explain who Mike Lee is and what kind of movies he makes and why he's a good filmmaker. Did you, uh, did you just say good ones? I did. Yeah. <laughs> but then I like... <laughs> And then I fully explained the plot of Secrets and Lies for like three minutes. And he was like, well, that's time. <laughs> He's like, let's dive into that. And he was like, well, that sounds like you're watching some really enriching movies lately. It's like, am I not always? Can I live? <laughs> Can I live, Doctor? Okay. Did y'all clock, just quickly, did y'all clock um, in Secrets and Lies, Timothy Spall plays essentially a guy who makes modern daguerreotypes and then mr turner when he sits down for one he's like what's this blimey contraption That's like cute. it's like the exact same shots yeah. of like mm-hmm. instead of timothy spall taking the pictures mm-hmm. he's like up against the backdrop with the fucking medical brace like jammed mm-hmm. up in his neck mm-hmm. how funny is is mrs booth like next to him she's just like she looks like she's it's got terrified. rigor mortis like has said and she's just like bug-eyed like what is this crazy modern contraption doing terror doing big terror good jump lynn where's she going linda linda left across the counters she's gonna sit and look at things (laughs) (laughs) um oh good yawn lynn this is movies imo i should do that (laughs) into the microphone mouth to the mic not looking at my cat in the corner I'm in the corner. Also, what do we do that makes so much noise on the mic? Is it, are we touching the tables? What are we doing? We're generally just having a conversation and not considering how any of this sounds <laughs> I on know. I think it, the microphone, like, rocks. They're not level. Try not touching it. I'm not touching it. I, I'm touching. Brandon, I'm not touching <laughs> I am it. touching. I'm not touching it, Brandon. How dare you say that? Uh, really pushing my buttons on, today. Not a visual medium. I'm, I am fully touching the He's mic. He's touching it. That's a good joke. <laughs> I'm fired tonight. Okay, shut up. <laughs> uh, this is Movies IMO. We are your favorite film fags. <laughs> are we? I'm Ben Empey. Are we still? <laughs> I'm Daniel Crunk. We've got to be in second place by now. I'm Brandon Kirby. To whom? The booted To whoops? We've lost out to the To hoops. <laughs> Play the tale. Toast. Toast, pray you. Did that monologue just go on for 35 minutes? Come on, Brandon. Let's let Ben talk. Let's hear what he has to say. Let's hear what he has to say. Did you say your name? Do we say our name? I said my name. Yeah, okay. I said my name. <laughs> I've like lost my My, my name will. is Mr. Turner. My name is Vera Drake. Hell yeah. My name is... <laughs> You're like, fuck, yeah, Vera Drake. <laughs> My name is Happy Go Lucky. <laughs> My name Poppy. is Poppy. <laughs> I was just trying to think of one where the, 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 it's also the title of the movie. My name is Secrets and Lies. <laughs> well, so... well, what? what My name is Life is Sweet. <laughs> My name's High Hopes. My name is Naked. This is a stupid <laughs> bit. Is- My name is Meantime. <laughs> <laughs> We're having fun. <laughs> Other people are gonna no. Honestly, fifteen seconds Ben's, forward. Ben, ben, no, Ben's name is another year. <laughs> <laughs> true, that's true. Another, another year. <laughs> God, <laughs> we are here today <laughs> to talk about 
the films of Mike Lee. Noted soup and sandwich enthusiast Mike CBE. Lee. Is that is that the commander term? of the British Empire? Yeah. Oh, he accepted it. I think that's right. I think he did. Interesting. You know, he's not from Manchester. Wait, so he wait, so he ex- oh, OBE. So he accepted the OBE <sighs> centrist. OBE FRSL. I don't know what those words mean. Great. I just anyway. need to go see my doctor. So, Mike Lee was born on February 20th, oh 1943. 1953. <laughs> in Hatfield, England. Hotfield or Hatfield? Hatfield. I thought you said Hotfield. Hotfield. I'll tell you is... what's a Hotfield right now. <laughs> that, that milk chocolate you're melting every no, time you take to my undercarriage. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were referring to the Battle of Peterloo. <laughs> Let's call it Peterloo. What you say, mates? What you say, boys? What you say, lads? I can't believe that baby got dead ass <laughs> stepped on. We're not gonna laugh about the baby being trampled on. Oh, it's fiction. Not yet. It's you not can't fiction. Keep saying that. Yeah. I can though. It's not fiction. You guys talked it up for like two days straight, so I was like waiting for the baby, and then it was. Just I like, didn't. Brandon, <laughs> I saw you between screenings. <laughs> it felt like two days because the line movie. outside the Lemley. It's a long ass movie. It's two and a half hours. So yeah. A lot of old people waiting uh, wow. for their popcorn. Why? We organize. Excuse me, can I get an ice cream sandwich and you cut it in half? Did someone yeah. request that? Yes. Wow. Why just stay? Why just go down? The Cool House ice cream sandwiches just go up in price. <laughs> that ain't fair, ain't it? <laughs> we need to do something. I and thought it was a good image to show the machines not I did too. running. I did too. I enjoyed that part. Oh, yeah. That was a good shot. So who were the real machines? Oh. The, the exploited class? No, wow. really. Here, here's the machines. The exploited mm. class or the actual machines. Wow. Mm. And, the, and, the, and the ruling class are like... <laughs> oh my god here's my impression here's my impression of the ruling class why you you think you can have your cake and eat it too don't you why? i put food on their tables i finish you to australia what is I? what does the woman say the most mustache swiveling cartoon villains <laughs> in years and i'm here for it what is the woman next we're here to, to talk about peter lou Oh yeah! Oh yeah! We're talking about Peterloo. What was the woman at the towards the end of the movie after the massacres happened, sitting next to the king? She like slurps her wine Mrs. and she Booth says, "From Mr. Turner." That was oh Mrs. yeah, Booth. yeah, yes. Mrs. Booth. What I thought she... it was Harriet Sampson Harris. She oh, says something. God. She says Sam something song. along the terms of serenity. It's just She's like, like ooh, vigil- vigilance, antiquity, <laughs> or something. She says like, ooh, eternity. <laughs> she says like, she really slurps her wine. She mm. goes, ooh, fragility. Wow. That's what it is. I think she's no. She's like decadence. Mm. V- v- she honestly v- virtuosity. She she's like uh, what movie is it when the care? Oh, it, in Holy Motors, which. You've seen Brandon? Mm-mm. There's a part in Holy Motors where there's a photographer and he's taking photos of Eva Mendez and he's just like, beauty, beauty, beauty. I mean, it's kind of like that. She's slurping. She's, She's slurping. slurping. F-R-S-L means Fellows of the Royal Society of Literature. Wow. Thank you, Ben. The, the Lit Brits. You're welcome. The Light Brits. I'm eating chocolate. Yeah, you're eating the whole bar. Really? It's a half a bar. I'm, I'm going to eat some when I get home. Here, have some this. chocolate. No, no, I, I will have it when I get home. Here, okay. have this. I 
your fingers have been all over that. <laughs> yeah, you're very ill. <laughs> Brandon, Am I? You've been very ill for dirty. 40 days and yeah. 40 nights. I've it's been... a real testament to friendship that we sit down with you every week to Thank you. Three, be three feet away from each other. And we, we put ourselves at Our room. homework this week. Out of love. <laughs> Thank you. Out are the love. Mike Lee films. Peterloo. Peterloo, Peterloo. Mr. Turner. Mr. Turner, you say. <laughs> Shut up, Daniel. And Vera Drake. But originally our homework was 18 more of his films. I watched <laughs> slash rewatched Eight of his films in the past week and a half. Hell yeah. I've been lit. I've been alive. You've been in pain, probably, the pain of living. As mm-hmm. as the Arrow build its retrospective, it's, it was bleak but never boring, except for Peter Lou in some sections. But <laughs> no, that, that, I've in, been waiting for that joke in, for days. <laughs> in some sections is key to what you just said. Some of it is some really of it great. Sings. Mm-hmm. Some of it really flawed. I was never bored. Oh, I was. Bored. I was coughing. I just, I just. There were passages where I would catch myself like. I don't think I've paid attention for like seven minutes. <laughs> I feel that. I'm just in my mind right now. Yeah, I We're listening that too. to the ladies sleep next. It week. mostly. So I want to compare stories about Limley Matinee seniors because mm, please. a couple of mine said probably an hour in. It, it, it was the scene when all oh, the evil, nasty judges are mm. sitting together saying, why we must squash this rebellion. Uh-huh. They've got a plague. This got to one, bring the firm hammer down. This one... What's going up in there? Got to whack the proverbial mole. <laughs> the, the, these two, this, this old lady turned to her friend and said, can we go? <laughs> and they marched, they got up and marched on out of there. A young couple. <gasps> Let's go. Leave. I'm over it. <laughs> A young couple left. By young, I mean 30s. It's young by the Lindley It's the Lindley matinee. And... No one else left, but there was just a lot of sleeping going on in the theater. <laughs> Much sleeping. I love when you can, you, all of a sudden, the person's breathing next to you is like just rhythmic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, oh, it, she's starting. <laughs> she's starting. My crowd. She, she's humming. My crowd was very rambunctious in the, <laughs> in the concessions line. Oh. I need my ice cream sandwich cut in half. And then uh, what? once they're seated, they're riveted. Mm. Big applause at the end. Wow. My Lemley seniors were like, silent. This is an important they story. It. They felt it. They sat fucking like front row. They were like down below. Oh. I will say, and so uh, they were ready. Let's talk about. We talked about how qu- full were your? No, theaters? we talked about quality. Now let's oh. talk about quantity. Mm. Mine was pretty full. Mine was pretty full. Mine was only like a third full. Well, mine was like a third full for oh, what for okay. one p.m. on a Sunday. Mine uh, was four twenty on a Sunday. Ooh, baby yeah. But don't four twenty on a Sunday. It was like a third full. Uh, I wonder how the evening shows did. Mm-hmm. And it sort of is a test of sort of like in the film when you've got all of these people who have an idea. They want the right to vote. They want proper representation. They all congregate in one space because it's the only space they can go to make their voice heard. Mm-hmm. I Similarly, the Limley Royal is the only theater in all of Los Angeles that is playing the new Mike Lee movie. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of a test to see how strong the Mike Lee hive is yeah. in mm-hmm. this city. Mm-hmm. And I was heartened to see it about a third fall. Yeah. That's all. That I is- thought it was going to be packed because when I went there to see Transit, I got there right at showtime and I'd sit in the down below front section and I was like, 
Holy shit. Transit it's a pretty was good busy. Transit sold at the Lemley Royal. But then Transit sold at the it's Lemley Royal. Well, it's because they were. It's a World War II movie. It's the West LA. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, uh, I just was like, oh, so Peterloo, I, there's going to be a line around the block. <laughs> and I got there half an hour early and I was like, I'll just meditate. I will save my meditation. Brandon brought a book. Until right before. Book. What book are you reading? The Interestings by oh. Meg Wolitzer. Oh. It's very good. Should we do a little amateur lit crit? Do you have anything to say? Um, I don't know. I think it's very fascinating. It's about. I, I, think, I think it's very it's interesting. I think it's very interesting. Do you guys know what it's about? Is it no. dark? No. Layered? It's, yeah, it's layered. Complicated? It's complicated. It's about a well, group of students in the seventies who go to like this art community school. Not community school. They go to this art. This, they go to this art school, like high end, snooty art school. And they call themselves, they dub themselves the Interestings. Mm. Mm, and they all aspire to be like <laughs> playwrights or like actresses, whatever. And it just follows them as they go lives. on with their lives. And some have, some find success, oh. find, some find great success. And others find squalor that they have to make sacrifices. And oh. it's, it's, I would like to read it. It's very good. Can I do just a quick lit crit? And then. Oh no, go ahead. It gets to the gay stuff. Oh, right. there's gay stuff in it. A character, a is, character is like hinted at being gay, and then because each chapter sort of. I was gonna say this sounds a lot like a little life. It sort of ebbs and flows and weaves into like the lives, like certain sections will we'll focus on. It has layers. Wow. And now I'm in the oh the gay fucking chapters. Oh, Ooh. I love gay fucking. <laughs> Hell yeah! Chapters. Well, it of- sort of it sort of came out of nowhere. I was like, okay. So this book's great, and now it's even better. Speaking of, can I do a quick lit crit? Yeah, yeah. please. So I just finished reading Less, oh. which I loved. And I just I only want to talk about one aspect of it, which is obviously Agnes Varda has been on the mind a lot lately. I'm not yeah. sure we've even really talked about that on the mic. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to have a memorial service, painful. but it's really painful. And... Um, I was, I've been thinking, I've just been thinking about her a lot lately, and you have not finished less. No, I read it. You've re- so we've all read it. We've yeah. All read okay, it. so I don't want to spoil this for anyone who hasn't read it on the mic, but the way that that book ends, uh-huh. and the way that it becomes so romantic, uh-huh. in a way that really should not, it has no business working, Yeah. in a way, mm-hmm. because it it's done such a good job of like burrowing into Les's head, mm-hmm. and I brought this up in text but it reminds me of Nabokov's Panin and I brought that up in it's the same quality in transit like sort of a a narrator who somehow has this omniscience over the situation mm-hmm. but who is not present in all of it right. uh-huh. and I've been thinking about how when Agnes Varda made her movie The World of Jacques Demy that someone had asked her like and that, I have not seen that movie but it, it's about Jacques Demy's childhood and all this like just his formative years I guess and someone asked her how are you and I believe, and, and she made it while like he was dying, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and someone asked her, like, not in a problematic way, but basically, like, how is it that you are the right person to tell this story of someone else's life? And she says, essentially, the meat of what she says is, like, because of love, like, I have lived his life. Like, mm-hmm. I do know what it was. And mm-hmm. don't you think, when you think about that idea in relation to the end of Less, mm-hmm. sure. that it's just really overwhelming and beautiful? Sure. I was just really struck by that. I... I I didn't feel the same quite the same way about the ending, but I like that read of it. That's how I read it. I like that. Because I, I it didn't it felt a little cheap to me, but a little sappy, but I don't know. What did you I don't 
I feel. I think I feel the way you feel. I think that. But I'm um, glad you felt that I, way about it. I will tell it. you that my big, um, my, <laughs> I'll wrap up my lit crit here. But my, you know, people talk about the ending of Less is just like knocks you for a loop, Peter Travers style. Uh. I did not have that reaction. It's mm-hmm. afterwards when I was sort of dwelling on it and I was thinking about that Agnes story. Like, that's when I was like, maybe I'm being cynical about this. But I'll tell you what did hit me like a ton of bricks was like two chapters before when he realizes that the problem with his novel and also his perspective on life is that he views himself like sad sack, white, middle-aged man Mm -hmm. as a victim when in fact he is the fool. Mm -hmm. And it made me think about Brad's status, which is successful in my opinion because of a twist halfway through where you realize all this navel gazing that that he's been embarking upon and engaging in is not meant to be profound. The joke is that he finds such profundity in it. He's actually just a bumbling fool. Mm-hmm. So I thought about Brad's status and I thought about Agnes Varda when I was just, I like just finished it. I, um, I was just like, huh? Yeah. The ending for me, I, we talked about like it a little it, bit. It, then. It, it, it reduces the meaning of the novel for me that that's what it chooses it, to end. On. I think it, I don't know if it reduces it. I think it, well, I, I feel a couple things. I, I guess like it, cha- it changes the perspective. Uh-huh. But when you think about what that perspective has been on less throughout the whole thing, like the tenor of that narrator's voice and perspective and how he views less with pity, but also a tremendous amount of love mm-hmm. that is consistent with the character who it ends up being. Mm-hmm. Um, the ending is not my favorite part of the novel. I don't think it's perfect, yeah. but I do think it works. It, 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 it was not what, how I was expecting it to end. Yeah. It makes me Same. think how soon is a studio going to adapt it? Not a studio, but I think you can make a pretty good it. movie out of that yeah. as long as you don't try and do what they did with the Nomi Rapace girl with the dragon tattoo and just do every single yeah. beat in the book. Yeah. But because the I end- also think that the, <clears throat> well, the, uh, <clears throat> sorry, I'm, I'm sick. I took a night call. Um, the ending the made it more like commercial to me and made me immediately think like, oh, this is going to get adapted. Mm. It, and, like, not in a good way. I, I will say I think it's a hard movie to adapt because of the way that Greer is so good at folding time in on itself throughout that book. Mm-hmm. And the, how, how the flashbacks are so present tense. It doesn't feel yeah. like we're constantly jostling between you know eras. It's perfectly fluid. Who should do it? Barry Jenkins. Yes. Oh. Someone like Barry Jenkins. Barry Jenkins. Claire Denis. Claire, see, I thought Claire Denis. Claire could do it. Mm-hmm. It's very let the sunshine in in the in the uh, mm, romantic yeah. journey of it. It is, yeah. Yeah. The search for fulfillment. And, and of course, the Russo brothers. <laughs> well, the Russo brothers would be perfect yeah. for Obviously, it. Obviously, they would they're crush so, it. They're so good at juggling um, uh, timelines mm-hmm. and uh, temporalities, and I, they're just really brilliant filmmakers. Can I tell you something that disturbed me in the, <laughs> in the high school screenwriting class? Yeah, please. High school screenwriting. High school screenwriting. Wow. They, um, a guest speaker school. asked, what's your favorite movie? Oh, no. And not why is it your favorite movie, but why do you think it's a good movie? Oh. And someone, a young, a young man, answered, <laughs> well, I think Marvel, <laughs> just that's, Marvel, that's just the Marvel Cinematic Universe wait. is the best movie ever made because of the way... The, oh wait, you, just you, mean, you mean and... the high school that you're currently working at? Uh-huh. Okay, I thought you meant like in 2008. I'm like, just off Iron Man. I'm like, honestly, that kid was prescient. <laughs> that kid could tell the future. Nostradopus. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, the Russo brothers are geniuses, and that kid agrees. Wow. Thank you. Well, All right. Let's talk, we, about let's, talk about P- let's talk about Peter. Let's talk about Peter. Let's talk about Peter. Just cut Peter that Lee. anecdote, please. Okay. Do you feel bad about sharing it? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Just cut fair. it. Thank you. It is funny, though. <laughs> Um, Let's talk about Peterloo. You know who could direct less is Mike Lee. Oh. Nice segue. Lot yeah. of colorful characters in less. <laughs> Do a lot with a little. Then <laughs> what's the plot of Peterloo? Let's hear it. Peterloo is the movie of a bunch of people speechifying in rooms, and then they all get trampled by horses. <laughs> I mean, it's more than that. <laughs> yes, it is about the power of the language and the word. There's a lot of speeches. A lot of speechifying. There's a lot of speech. A lot of orating. Yes. A lot of oration. And it's I about love to orate. The people of Manchester wanting proper representation because they are not landowners. So and let's. In this time in England, you have yeah. to be a landowner to vote. To have the right to vote. And it's also that Manchester doesn't have like any representation. My understanding, because it's not a landowning city. It's right. an urban developing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a factory hub. So fucking farmers. <laughs> fucking farmers. Still the problem in politics today. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's complicated. Um, of course it is. It's, that's complicated. It's complicated, uh, rich, dark. Because I do have some empathy for the, I have a lot of empathy for the farmers right now. Because the they guy, have to throw their avocados away because there's no one to pick them because they get taken away. Well, that's not... That's, is that what you meant? No, it's not what I meant. There's a lot to talk about on the, on the issue of agriculture and farming in America right now. I'm just going to say just the way that, like, it, because of, I don't know if I want to do the agriculture corner. I just feel bad for them because they're being so fucked over by this president. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's all. Yeah. We all, all are. I know that's the thing. That's they, the, they voted Ooh. for him. They voted for him. So they this kinda, is what they the wanted. The people who are voted for him are also getting fucked. Good. Good. <laughs> That's how I feel. Good. This is a movie about Manchester. Manchester. It's about Manchester. United. Manchester by the sea. Just kidding. True, though. They're not by the sea. It's inland. Manchester by the U for union. Oh. Uh-huh. Manchester by the border of Scotland. I think this movie it's can... in the north. This movie can be pretty well summed mm. up by Jack Nicholson and The Departed saying, you better get organized. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? Where's the lie? Brandon? Where's the lie? I don't even know what to say about this movie. There are just so many speeches. Rise up! <laughs> I, there's things to say. There are so I mean, many here's speeches. Here's, 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 I like the women's speech. Because oh. the one woman's like, well. That's the woman who says, especially what he has to say. <laughs> hey! She just keeps interrupting. I, no, 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 but that's a fascinating scene to me because... It's like a, I don't know those words. No, that's what it is. It's like the whole idea that this is a, re- like that, that. That it's a yeah. revolution for the people, and then you have someone who's basically illiterate and uncultured mm-hmm. being like, "What are you? What the fuck are you saying?" Yeah. Like, it, it, it's just how and like how Mr. Hunt does not wish to be spoken to. No. by anyone. He he doesn't yeah. lower he, class. He feels very uncomfortable being in the quarters of the lower class and staying there, even though he is their champion. I have a scene I want to talk about. Great. Okay, so when Henry Hunt's in the doorway and he keeps getting visit, he's staying with the the people. I like when he's getting his painting. When he's yeah. that's oh. similarly. Uh, th- th- I think this scene comes shortly after that. And the way everyone's framed in the door, like when the, I'm not going to be able to explain it. When the guy comes in the door, I forget who it is. I think it's like a newspaper man. I think it's, I think it's the newspaper man that he wants to leave. And Henry Hunt shows up and it's the two women helpers. The one who's like, 
who barely says a word, and then the other one who like answers the door. Yeah. And they stand there the whole time, sort of mm. just like looking down and looking around. And I the whole scene, like I was watching the one woman's like eyes, because it's so oh, interesting, I rich, see. layered, and dark and even, deep, and even complicated. Wow. Complicated that they, I don't know. It's just I thought it was cool the way they were framed, and they're just standing there the Beautiful whole time. Composition. He no, know, he, no My, Mike Lee is very adept at framing groups in the he room, is. power mm-hmm. dynamics. He also does the thing that Soderbergh does that I love, and that he uses the back of the frame. Mm-hmm. Like, and you wouldn't expect depth in such domestic scenes. Do you guys know what scene I'm talking about? I do know what scene you're talking about. Okay. I can't remember it. That when, may have been when I was spaced no, out. When, when the news, you fell asleep? <laughs> no, spaced out. Oh, they said uh, passed out. Passed out. That you're talking about the scene where the newspaper man is like, "Yes, I printed out these pamphlets that I want to distribute." Yeah, and Henry Hunt's like, "Go away." Yeah, but in that scene is about political messaging too. Just yeah. the idea, like, I printed out all these pamphlets of words you've said about taxing the rich and pamphlets. and no tea before dinner. And Henry Hunt is like, "No, no, no. We're talking about one issue for this speech. We got to keep it." On target. Oh, it's a, I remember that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's basically the idea of like. Yeah, I remember that. See, this is where that's because I did a terrible. This is where the speech. No, I still don't remember. The speechifying what you were is super about, compelling to me that. because there's the idea of like, what words are you saying for which audience? Like mm-hmm. the code, the code switching of a noble message, and this whole movie is engaging with the current moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mm-hmm. not a it's not a matter of Trump specifically. It's a very Brexit. No, movie. it's a Brexit. It's a Brexit movie. Yeah. Um, but. There are there are shades of this that do make me think about certainly the Democratic primary, but because I think that it applies to like all political realities and just obviously we're having a global moments of how do we beat back fascism and and white nationalism and um, and and anti othering and basically just the idea that the word doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But we I feel like sometimes on the left I think I can safely assume we're all on the left, right? We're all on the left. We get to Brand- Brand- <laughs> Brandon's making a grimace. Brandon's like, I'm voting for Howard lady. Schultz <laughs> as yeah, he takes I'm a sorry. big sip of his coffee. I'm pro corporation. Thank you. Corporation. Bean counter over people. here. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Corporations are people, my friend. Just look at Twitter. Fucking Mitt Romney. The idea that like Mitt Romney's gonna save us. It's like if Mitt <laughs> Romney was the president, he would be doing all of the same yeah. things. He just yes. wouldn't. He wouldn't be saying like close the border. Yeah. Like. And and frankly, well, that's that's about as much credit as I'm going to give. Um, but we, I feel like we get a little hamstrung and trip over ourselves on the left because we get so upset that the people like like that that there is a different message going out to different audiences mm-hmm. from our candidates, and we get frustrated when you know Pete Buttigieg or Beto O'Rourke or somebody is talking in a Midwestern audience and not using the language that we want. And here's, here's a better example, like around impeachment, right? How we've gotten so people on the left get so frustrated because (coughs) my congressman or my congresswoman has no courage because they won't say on MSNBC that they want to impeach the president, Mm -hmm. even though we know privately behind the scenes, they say to impeach the president. And it's just the idea of like, sometimes you have to, Carefully select your words for a given audience in order mm-hmm. to forward your noble cause. Mm-hmm. So, on as, and and that's just an example. The movie is engaging in like the utility and function of political rhetoric in a way that I find really um, compelling. But honestly, this movie gets really boring. It gets really on the nose. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I appreciate it more like on the outside looking in, like to the film's detriment, but also its credit. During the movie, I'm like, oh, 
he's trying to talk about this right now. And so I'm not like with the characters. I'm just like, God, I love that Mike Lee is making a movie about uh, disparity of wealth and haves and have nots. And that he's painting these immoral judges as just, again, like the most mustache twirling, like cartoonish villains of all fucking time. Yeah. Like I was just so into his anger and his his righteous anger and purpose around these economic issues and these issues of representation and what the people want. And mm-hmm. that I, the movie could have actually been a piece of shit and I wouldn't have cared, frankly. Like, yeah. I, I just think that it's, you know, I hate to knock on wood, um, but if this is late period Mike Lee, um, it's fascinating to see him get so uh, in, indignant with his, uh, the, the the very same political stirrings that have driven all of his movies. Yeah. Whereas before they were more like domestic dramas. They were about like regular people living a regular mm-hmm. life, which is also happening in this movie, of course, like heavily. If anything, it's happening too much. There's too many people. Um, but I just like I just like how much he's showing his hand. Yeah. I think it's interesting in the I career like, of a yeah, director. It is. And also that he's <laughs> just like abandoned the idea of a protagonist. Yeah, which is so brave. I think that's brave. Yeah, because in a mo- let me say just this, and then I know I've been talking for too long. But I'll just make this point in ten seconds, and then I'll pass the baton and shut the fuck up. But that in a movie about solidarity and collective action, in order to beat back the oppressor, he chooses to not have one protagonist. He chooses mm-hmm. to have like fifteen who have equal <clears throat> weight. Yeah, narrative structure be damned. Like the 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 craving for one character to follow so we can get through this narrative be damned. Mm-hmm. I think it's a pretty radical movie on that level. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, like all the characters that get introduced, though, like I was able to follow yes. each of yes. them. Yes. Like, and I thought that was uh, a feat. Yeah. Like, I recognize, you know, that woman. I recognize, uh, I don't know any other names, but I can, all, I can let's see. Call Johnny. I can They're see their faces. Characters. They're all distinct, and they all stand out. Even like, even if they look, even the, same. the two like uh, help women who mm-hmm. were just standing there, like I, they were. Also yeah. prominent, mm-hmm. and as were, they the, barely as had were lines. The, the two men with beards mm-hmm. who look similar. And um, I'm reminded of the woman cop in Vera Drake, who I I see so clearly the in woman that movie. Copy? You cop. Oh, she's oh, so yes. good. Yes, and like, yes. She. I don't think she speaks in the movie. She. She. She's she just like Does, all right, Vera. Sure. Yeah. And it's like, Take but it like, easy, Vera. I know yeah. exactly who that person yep. is. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, and that that must spring out of this sort of collaborative. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say improvisational because my understanding is more improvisational in rehearsal. Yeah, and but then he writes. But this idea that this like, which is what Veep does. Is Veep. that right? Yeah, they do a lot of improv and then yeah. they rewrite oh, the script wow. based on the rehearsals. Um, so, but I do think it's, it's hot in here. Interesting, rich, here. layered, whatever. Uh, that it starts with that soldier character, oh, and you I'd think talk about maybe that. he's going to be the protagonist, and then he just goes into the meld of the family mm-hmm. and, the, and the life and the people. He's just our, and our then, Trojan horse in. Yep. yep. And but, then he yeah, has his fate at the end, which the is tragic and from circular. There's also an element of we follow two soldiers coming home from the Battle of Waterloo. One is like an admiral. Mm-hmm. He's like been with who's the guy who won the war for the Britons? Like General Waterloo. Churchill. Or not Churchill. <laughs> it's not, let's call him Churchill. It's like, it's like Admiral Thackenberg. <laughs> like so, oh. so, something like that. Um, Trafalgar. I think it's Trafalgar, right? It, mm. it, it doesn't matter. It's one of like these iconic British generals. The one who was serving with him comes back from war. Google it. He, who cares? I'm going to Google it because <laughs> now I want to know. You're talking about a guy who was not like, he was not on the battlefield probably as much as he was like strategizing behind the scenes or like rode in on the cavalry and then like immediately dashed out. 
He's the one. He is given the Duke of Wellington. The Duke. Oh, good old Wellington. Oh, sandwich. I could have told you that. And Field Marshal oh, Blucher oh, of oh. Prussia. Blucher. Blucher. Nay, nee. because yeah. that's what is in the the opening yes. card. Yes. Yeah, good old beef Wellington. But I could go for a beef Wellington. But just like the the first two narrative strands in the movie are. This guy of privilege, who never really puts his life directly on the line, is mm-hmm. given the city of Manchester. Mm-hmm. He is basically the governor of this district, of, of this whatever. I should know this because I was over there for a time. And then someone who, the opening shot of the film, he's lost on the battlefield. He's the one playing the bugle, which is this mm-hmm. symbol of national pride, which Mike Lee is doing throughout all of his work, Just which we'll talk about with Vera Drake, just how he's taking the, these... these, these uh, motifs like these themes like just these things that are ingrained in the idea of like the british culture he gets lost he wanders home and at the end he is killed by a soldier and the reason why is because he's poor and the general is of means and is privileged so the two the two the two quote-unquote war heroes come home Mm -hmm. one goes to his death Mm-hmm. The other is responsible for it, and also inherits a kingdom. Yep. So it's just like fucking catnip for me. Like I'm all about that, and yeah. th- have, like there's just this like simmering, th- simmering theme of like how emboldened the privileged are because they're drunk on victory and war throughout mm-hmm. all of this. Mm-hmm. Like they feel so vindicated because the way they just crushed Napoleon, mm-hmm. and how the people who actually were doing that are still are under their thumb. They have no representation, no vote. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I, I, it, it's just, it's, it's frankly layered You're lit. and complicated. You're no, lit. No, I'm just saying, like, it's not as simple as Mike Lee being like, these people got money, these people don't got no money. Mm-hmm. Like, there, it's, it is the the historical context of it is rich, and and it is layered. Mm-hmm. And so it's like I really admire the film and what he's doing. Uh, I like what he's doing. That's the end of my point. What surprised me is. It didn't feel long to me. Yeah, that's oh. wild. Isn't that crazy? This was like when long when for me. when uh, <laughs> they start talking about Monday coming and the and the organize the organizing's happening and and I'm like, oh, there's a there's a gathering before the big gathering. Yeah. Because I thought I was I thought this was like a a, a preamble to the. But there's still like the, 45 minutes. Yeah, but once I know that yeah, like I feel that. once it's I know plotted. that it's they're like. Plotted. They're talking about it. It's coming, mm-hmm. and then once once even that smaller group starts marching to the actual gathering, yeah. I'm like, okay, I see the finish line, and I'm in it, and I don't. Now, once the like, I see the gathering, I'm like, okay, the the end of the movie is here. How great is it? The moment it just moves for me. How great is that moment with the the skeptical woman? Who, who, she's like, I believe in all of this, but I don't see how talking about it is changing anything. Mm. And then when they tell her about the rally, she's like. On a Monday? <laughs> She's like, on a Monday. It's very funny. Very. I checked funny. my phone 100 times to see what time it was. You checked your phone during the movie? Yes. And that is a rare. F- the two. Just think you weren't at the new Beverly, dump a popcorn on your head. Just for the clock. <laughs> but uh, Pause for clock? Yeah. Like I said in my log, it felt like a tight 110. <laughs> That's funny. Thank it was, you. It was an arduous experience for me. It was, it was a full two and a half. I felt it. I felt every minute of the movie, but Same. I but I liked it. I mean, like I liked being in all of it. I I, mm. I love how Mike Lee makes an epic of this important, crucial moment in British working class history, and two hours and ten minutes is just people in rooms talking. I know it he, makes me yeah. think of Lincoln. Yeah, 
A lot of complaints in the reviews are like, Wow, well, you really waited too long until you got to the big event, didn't you, Mike Lee? <laughs> Is that what they said? That's what they said. <laughs> I think they did too. I think I, I think that I could feel the tension rising throughout the film. <laughs> yeah, me too. That's yeah. what I, I felt. I'm not oh. saying it's paced like a thriller or anything. But it's but, paced. But it's, it's, it's From a- the time that people start getting to the field to the time that the that the violence begins was the longest 17 minutes of my entire life. I know, life. it's unbearable. <laughs> but not in a good way for me. I don't right. feel tension. I feel this is so, like, just do but, it. I know what's coming. But when I'm the, waiting I, for I, I, it. I, I, I think like, that dramatic irony is crucial because like, you're so tense. Sorry, Brennan, quickly. You're so tense and you know that everyone's about to die and they're still all singing like, dip de dip de do Bob's your uncle. God save the queen. Like, want a piece of bread? Have some bread. Like, there's a the dramatic irony involved is effective for me in building tension. Yeah, for me, it's just I think bad it's, pacing. I think it's crucial to see the the evil royals up there, like oh, that, getting, that getting the so warrant evil. ready, getting re, shouting the riot act out the window, so they, they read can, them the riot act. Yeah, I do so like they that, could, but it's just goes on too long. Yeah, it's it's so long. There's also you when you bring that up, just all of the process involved of getting to. The massacre. So they can feel okay about what they end up doing. Exactly. But just, um, yes. And that, that's, oh, that's a great point. I didn't, I didn't even think about that. How they're like hiding behind the decorum of it all. Mm-hmm. For me, it was so bald. It's like we can trample yeah, them because point. we have all we the We read in the riot act. And, and it's the idea of like, We're well, doing our due diligence. They're in violation of the law. We signed an edict. Yeah. Yep. Like we signed a warrant. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it's true. And Which the fact that think all about those. Trump's courts. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that all the horse guys are just like guzzling. Oh, it's it's beer it's so before. Ugly and terrifying. It's yeah. like oh no wonder they just trampled no, babies. It's, I mean it's mm-hmm. it, they're that, drunk. It's a it's a police state. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's 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 a um the, the it's ruled by a very an aristocracy I guess, but like a very controlled uh, sense of power between mm-hmm. these privileged uh, white men in a way that like transcends patriarchy. Because they hate the working men just as much as they hate the working woman, mm-hmm. um, but I don't, it's just like when I when I saw them like going up to get a courtside seat to the massacre, my stomach turned, and the fact that it was so labored get, getting to the actual massacre for me just like just kept churning my stomach. I was just so disgusted by it. Yeah, obviously, which Mike Lee's movies are really good at doing for mm-hmm. me. The ones that are more churning pointed with stomach. their like Vera Drake. I was like sobbing and. Pissed. Oh, yeah. Vera Drake. Yeah, Vera Drake were, is brutal. Me and Ben were going through at 10.30 p.m. But at the Arrow. God, I can't ma- Well, I watched it pretty late, too. So I just... Um, yes, Ben? I just can only watch people talk about ideas for so long, and this movie really went over. So now. let me ask you a question. Is that a problem you have with Selma, which is a movie that... It was my favorite movie that year, and you don't like it very much. Mm-hmm. And this You mo- do like people talking about ideas. I do. Movies, and I, I do. I really don't. Because it's about how things are, are actually done. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want that. I think that, no, I, I think it's an interesting challenge for a filmmaker. I don't want to see that. Not that, I don't we, see that we don't agree on the execution, you and I, Ben, but I think it's such a fascinating challenge for a filmmaker. Like, how do you take people talking in a room with the, with all this weight of history around it? How do you make that seem narrative, like just dramatically compelling, a degree of verisimilitude, mm-hmm. um, and as well as giving an idea, like like pumping blood into these characters' veins who are used to just seeing on a textbook page. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you, I and of course, like I love Lincoln, like for mm-hmm. very similar. I, they're process movies. They're about political action. Yeah. I find them compelling. Um, Dude, because because this massacre is not 
it's like little known British history. Is it little known British history or do we just not know? I'm serious. I no, know. I think it's actually like I was reading the beginning of a Vulture interview they did with Mike Lee and they said like Peter Lou's a not well-known massacre. Yeah. Um, so I wonder, had I continued reading the interview, I probably could have found this out. But Classic. why did Mike Lee, you know, choose to shine a light on this because moment in history specifically? It's exceedingly relevant yeah, in it's... the modern time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's your answer. There's your, there's there's your, your balance. balance. There's your balance. Are we moving on? Yes, I'm going to get my beer. Okay. I bet Mike Lee loved punk when that happened. Oh, yeah. I'd love to see Mike Lee as a young man. I know. He was too old for the punk movement, I though. But he I was bet born he in was 1953. Yeah. Anyway. Very stale. This is, yeah. <laughs> They're very old. This, this reminds me, I, I hate when television shows get self-referential, so I'm sort of committing a sin, uh, something that I despise. But you know how, like, when we did our Zama episode, there was just the generally agreed upon notion that Lucrecia Martel would hate every second of it. I think we're acting in that spirit today. Mm. I don't think Mike Lee would like the, I don't think Michael Lee would like this podcast. He would want to, he'd be like, or those, the kids sitting near me on the Getty. He's like, I recognize those. Well, let's see what they have to say. I recognize those voices. I recognize those faggots. <laughs> He wouldn't but say can that. Mike Lee say it? That's the question. He was talking about his cigarettes. <laughs> That's fag, not faggot. <laughs> it was a smaller cigarette. <laughs> a faggot. <laughs> okay. Brad well, oh, these are fail. Take us home. Let's start with Mr. Turner. Mr. Turner. Mr. Turner. I like how Mr. Turner. I think you're a right and decent man, Mr. Is actually Turner. about that poor servant lady. Yes. Mm-hmm. Getting her heart crushed because Mr. Turner didn't love her. Yeah. Yeah. And he loved his seaside bitch. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh. Cut that out. <laughs> no, you don't have to cut it out. Wow. Brandon. What? Okay. Let's take a second. To, let's just sit with what we heard. <laughs> wow. I like the big pain <laughs> gallery set piece in the middle. Oh, it's so good. Mm. What's he doing with that red bush? I don't actually think she's a bitch. He's lost his mind, he has. That's just ruined a masterpiece. He's ruined a masterpiece. He turned it into a buoy. He sure did. A buoy. <laughs> I love when he spits on the canvas. <laughs> he claws it with his hands. <laughs> I like I like when um the okay, so I Do we actually need to cut me saying seaside? No, bitch? no, 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 no. We're just having a laugh. Just having a lick. I love this movie. and Why? I'm just kidding. <laughs> and the moment I realized I loved it, when there were still two hours and 15 minutes to go, is the first time we see him painting. <laughs> and the sunlight is streaming in through the window. He's painting something yellow. And he mm. is washing his hand in the bowl of water, which has just com- completely dyed yellow mm. by the paint. And he just takes a big handful of it. And the way that the sun is hitting his hand, he is just, he has a big fistful of color. 
and the way that his dying words about how God is the sun, how that mm-hmm. factors back into that yes. handful of yellow, just the, the elemental nature of, of that, mm-hmm. how it tied, the reason I thought of it is because you're saying like how he was spitting and scratching yeah. on the canvas. It's this idea that like, it, just that it's elemental, that, yeah. that it's so physical it's part of and, him. and part of him. Um, Can and, I read my favorite tweet of all time? Oh, you better, oh read, you better, yes. you better read it Speaking twice. Of you better read it twice. still two hours and fifteen minutes left of the movie. Okay, this was tweeted. Okay, I want to say, I want to. Mm. Can I? Can I do yeah. an introduction, uh, Rory Kinnear and Peterloo style? Oh. <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I believe Ben said this tweet on the last episode, <laughs> and now we're going to say it again. No, I think we just discussed it privately. I'm just saying. I, I'm saying that I love this tweet so much that I wish we could talk about it on. Every episode. Please of say when the tweet was. I'm tweeted. gonna. I'm gonna give a full, full hit. dramatic reading. This was tweeted <laughs> at 11:10 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> on January 12, 2015. <laughs> I hope that she was on the East Coast, which means it was actually 2 a.m. <laughs> but who is she? This tweet was quote by Jenny Slate, and it reads. Mr. Turner and his one, <laughs> the number one, Mr. Turner and his one million year old dad straight up eating a whole pig's head and face in the first minute, first 10 minutes of Mr. Turner equals check plus. <laughs> it is my favorite tweet of all time. I return to it in my darkest hours and it makes me smile. Oh my God. His 100, his one million year old dad straight up eating a whole pig's head and face. <laughs> And they are. <laughs> I like that. My favorite part about that, that moment in the movie, right when his one million year old dad shaves the pig. Shaves <laughs> yeah. the face so they can eat it. And, and <laughs> by the way, shaves Mr. Turner. Oh. But we all caught that, didn't we? What? He shaves the pig and then he shaves Mr. Turner. He does? I honestly think that's sort of like a diversion, like almost a throwaway. Mm. Or maybe it actually means something. <laughs> it, feel, it feels like Lewin is the cat. Yeah. For me, and Daddy. inside Lewis Davis, this idea Richard of like Turner is the pig. Yes, exactly. Daddy, but, rest your bones. <laughs> I like when, it down. No, but when <laughs> Daddy and, and Son are eating the pig, the pig's head, and Daddy goes, "You want more cheek? <laughs> well, you're not cheek. A little cheek. Oh, I like a little cheek. I am, Madam. I just think you it's... can never have enough salt for me. <laughs> I, just, I just think it's absolutely." Stunning the reviews this movie got <laughs> in the year 2014. Do you not like this movie? No, I like it a lot, but like 94 on Metacritic feels. I think it's very good. I think it's like a near masterpiece. No. I didn't really like it when I first saw it. I saw you gave it three except stars. for the ending. I really liked and mm-hmm. Dick Poop's cinematography, and that really informed how I watched it the second time. And it, yeah, I liked it a lot more. It's just I don't know. It's just. I mean, it's a great movie. I'm just... It is pretty low on my ranking. Yeah. It's... Well, we'll get to our rankings. I'm just purely going to freestyle mine. Great. Mr. Turner is probably middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. In the same way yeah. that the co- it take you have to go down like you have to go down 17 movies in my Cohen's mm-hmm. ranking to get to one that's four stars. Right. Yeah. Sort of how I feel. But I think we all agree that Peter Liu of what we've seen is the worst. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes. But it's still a good movie. It's still great. What was I going to say? It's Mr. Turner? good. It's good. It's great. It's of the moment. It's fine. It's good. Um, I think that Mr. Turner goes beyond a meditation on creativity mm-hmm. and ultimately becomes about time. Mm-hmm. And the That's same, what I really like. The same way it. that mm-hmm. A Quiet Passion does. Like, yeah. The whole idea of like Terrence Davies and Mike Lee, who are of the pretty much the same school of British filmmaker, or, right. or same generation, mm-hmm. 
that in their late career they turn to essentially a biopic of, of, of a great artist, one they might relate to perhaps, mm-hmm. and they ultimately make it about just the ephemeral fragility of time and the way that as a creator you reckon with the work that you've made mm-hmm. and how it weathers in that time, mm-hmm. but how that's not even like the main thing they're saying. It's more just about how like everybody dies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a rapturous element to death and we are just no, no matter. And it reminds me of the beach bum. Like no, no matter what heights of success you reach. And of course, Emily Dickinson is a slightly different case because of her biography. But, like you create this great work and you're still marching inexorably towards the grave like everybody else. Yeah. But in both films, there's this sort of, again, like elemental, almost ethereal aspect to it captured by the cinematography, which has, which is so, both movies like so dense, but at the same time, it, it feels like it could slip through your fingers, mm-hmm. much like the sands of time. <gasps> wow. Prince of Persia, the Dick sands Poops. of time. Cinematography really evokes the work of William Turner. They say that it does and it does. You know, It does and it does. I would have and to agree does. that it does. A.O. Scott's review says dick poops cinematography (laughs) it's not just because a lot of people are like it's not just recreation it's not just uh because some people would say like it looks like the paintings Mm -hmm. it's like no it you can that's a mystery the way dick poop shot the 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 landscapes makes you view landscape the way Mr. Yeah, Turner yeah, saw absolutely. landscape. It makes and you, you want to re- paint it. And, and also, it absolutely. makes you realize and you the, how he was so inspired. Even in subtle ways, like outside the nature. window of his seaside shanty, yeah. uh-huh. he's like, Mrs. Booth, look out the window. And there's like sailboats like perfectly framed in the window sailing by the mm-hmm. pink and the blue. It looks like a literal painting. I will say that it is a really cheap critique to be like, oh, so we're supposed to celebrate this movie because it just brings to life the paintings of J.M.W. Turner. It's like, well, as Bernard just said, there's more to it than that. Mm-hmm. But how is that not a colossal achievement on its own? I know. Dick <laughs> yeah. Poop put a lot of time in it. Just with, with Dick, light. Like Dick the th- Poop really achieved something. With Dick this. Poop did a great job. But the thing, like, the thing about just lighting in the Turner paintings mm-hmm. and how they yeah. are also very ephemeral. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, it, they're just like so swirling and impermanent. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the other thing about this movie, just the idea of like capturing a moment and for his paintings, like a moment in motion too. But like, how do you bring that to life? It looks like the dust storm in Mad Max Fury Road. Mm-hmm. You know, it is. It's like heaven and earth colliding. Mm-hmm. How do you bring that to life in a film? Like, I'm not saying it's easier to paint than it is to make a movie. That's not what I'm saying at all. Um, but you're dealing, of course, unless you're using visual effects, like you are, which is also a tremendous achievement. Like you have to find out you've got a fucking camera, and you have to fill the lens. With the painting of Mr. Turner. Like, Mr. Turner. How do you do that? Can I tell you my favorite scene? I think yeah. I took a NyQuil. Yeah. Ah, uh, my NyQuil's hitting. Um, it's she's when dead. Mr. Turner is sitting in his seaside shanty with Mrs. Booth, and he says to her, and she's perfectly framed, oh, yeah. and he's like, turn your head a little bit. And she's like, oh, why? Ooh. And she does it. <laughs> and he's like, you're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Mm. And she goes, Aww. <laughs> it's so beautiful it's really it's sweet so but there's also an element here of like like i was joking in my letterbox log i was like how can a man so ugly make works i was so like i was beautiful. like daniel what is this a peter peter travers review no it's a, it's a joke like because that's like that's an element of the movie too it's so obvious mm-hmm. 
But there, oh my god. Can I just say Rex reads review? Oh, say Rex. That's more important. No, go ahead. I'll find. I have to find. Pull up it. Rex. I just want to say the way that Mike Lee refuses to make him cuddly is another way that he's breaking down the great man theory in the same way that he's breaking down he's the a great bastard. He's breaking down the great man theory in Peterloo in a different way. Just by saying like, it's not about one great man; it's about mm-hmm. scores of great people. And yes, he's a Turner's a real bastard, and it's to the credit of Spall's performance that who is outstanding in this movie that he's able to repel you and bring you back in without missing a beat it is so seamless mm-hmm. it, i mean he frankly in before we get to the pig's head mr turner mr turner. mr turner grabs um his housekeeper by i don't want to say it but mm-hmm. like in the trumpian grabbing by that like mm-hmm. mr turner does that mm-hmm. you know and yet we are still able to go on this journey and i'm i, I don't think it's a matter of being like we should forgive all of the problematic artists. Like, right. I don't think it's that. No. It's a very, and especially, like, I haven't seen Naked, but I would think that Naked would come into play here in terms of a repellent protagonist who you are still following mm-hmm. throughout this. But it, it's, it's about the contradiction. It's about the layers of it. And it's, and it's also a corrective to the great man theory because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Turner was not a great man. Yeah. yeah. Might have been a genius. It works pretty good. Anyway, pretty good. And also, the, I, is that true, or did did Mike Lee invent that for the story? That relate that problematic re- sexual relationship he has I don't know. with I don't his know housekeeper. Either. I, would I would imagine there's imagine, truth to it. Yeah, I don't see. I would imagine why he would that just, this is deeply researched. Yeah, with Mrs. All Danby. Actual. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I would so. Think. Let me read this. Great, <laughs> Mr. Spall. Winner of the Cannes and New York Film Critics Circle Best Actor Awards. Say it like Jonah Hill and the Beach Bum. Oh, God. What, what, what accent was he doing? You just do your thing. Sorry. I thought, I thought you would know. Sorry. No, but can you do it? I need a reminder. Oh, I say, I say, I say. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> oh, you don't say. That I, is how I imagine Rex Reed. <laughs> I hope Jonah Hill was in character as his character in Beach Bum. When he directed mid nineties, nice, <laughs> nice. Kick flip it, why don't you? I'm Mr. Spall does his best to bring um, <laughs> an unpleasant character to life, grunting and snorting like a boar ready to charge, spitting on his canvases and dragging around with a constant wince like a fat baby with a colic. <laughs> With all due respect, Rex with all Reed. due yes. respect, <laughs> he's too repulsive to watch for 150 minutes. Oh, Rex. Reed. He's like, I mean, he's like, where's Cary Grant? He's like, you're too ugly. I can't watch that. He's, <laughs> he's ugly. Green he's Book is the ugly. best movie of the decade. Huh? Did he say that? Yes. <laughs> he said the best movie of the decade. Yes. Why does that surprise you? It doesn't it's surprise Rex me. No, Reed. no, it doesn't surprise me. I'm just like, that's. <laughs> you know, I would say that Rex Reed is canceled, but I think we're a little past that. Yeah. Sorry, think? one of the decade's best films. Wow. <laughs> Let's talk about Beer Drake because we're running long. And I we're wonder. actually not, if you can believe it. But I took a NyQuil. What yeah. time did we hit pop start? We're like an 
hour 12 in. Oh. I mean, we're wrapping up. Yeah, so let's move on to Fear But I know, it doesn't kind of feel like it's been two hours. Mm-hmm. My favorite movie of it's all time. Hot Peter Lou syndrome. It's hot in here. Get re- this is going to be it for the next six months of this fucking podcast. Wow. Get used to the madness that's swirling around yeah. this room right now, it's gonna be dear warm. listeners. It's going to be warm in this room for a bit. We're zama Until out. Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> Vera Drake. Vera was a film nominated for three Academy Awards, including... We're not including, but I'm just going to say all three were Best Actress, Best Mm. Screenplay, and Best Mm. Director. There wasn't really a screenplay, though, was there? Mm. What? They improved Famously. Not on set. Famously, but. Mike Lee keeps getting Oscar nominations for Best Original Screenplay when there was no uh-huh. screenplay. Uh-huh. Really? Which is, I say give him the nomination. Give him the win. Yeah. That's crazy. They just, he just has, this is what I think the story is going to do. And then they, they work it in a room. <laughs> right. And then they go. I don't want to assume that he doesn't have an outline because I think about the Christopher Guest movies, which are also purely improvised. It's a different <laughs> process because it's not them rehearsing and saying, this is how we're going to do it. Like they're, they're famously like they shoot like a hundred hours for a Christopher Guest movie or something like that. All improvised. Um, but Guest and Eugene Levy work from a, uh, an outline where they're like, these are the beats we have to hit. This is how each character is going to factor into the narrative. This is how it begins. This is the middle. This is the end. I wonder if maybe you guys know, but if Mike Lee has a similar outline at the beginning. I, I understand that he does. Okay. Only because I was going to say, if he's, it doesn't diminish the point I'm making, but if he's able to build these narratives and rooms with actors, notoriously some of the most difficult people on earth, mm-hmm. and still make it so dramatically sound and structurally sound. Mm-hmm. I mean, what more could you ask from a storyteller? Mm-hmm. That's part of why Mike Lee's so good. Like, yeah. it, it's what you don't see. Mm-hmm. That where a lot of his brilliance lies. And I don't yeah. mean that like a, it's, it's the negative space. I just mean like the fact that it feels so natural and that he's been able to just like JMW Turner, like wrestle all of these elements together in the form of actors okay. while also having Jacqueline Duran make these beautiful costumes and we have great sets and then and, and like Dick Poop is <laughs> shooting the life out of all mm. this. Just you think about all of the elements that Mike. I was going to Mike Turner that Mike Lee has to conjure and, and wield and organize. Mm-hmm. It's staggering the scope of it. Mm-hmm. And that he funnels it into these small scale movies. Yeah. It's just astonishing to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't know he was so improvisational. Yes. I believe that there is a set script when they're filming. I think that's right. It It is written. It is just not written. Like he calls Imelda Staunton and, and Leslie Manville. And, and he's like, do you want to play a woman who helps out young girls? And she's like, yes. And he doesn't love. tell anyone else. Uh-huh. Yeah. Tell that tell story. Us that, tell us that story. Um, in, it father. says in the Wikipedia that no one else knew what the Vera Drake character was doing. They thought that they were just doing, doing the long day closes, doing a family drama in the fifties and Vera Drake. I mean, Imelda, not Vera. Imelda did not know that the plot was going to be about the abortionist getting arrested and facing trial until they were in rehearsals and cops walked into the scene. And that's what Mike brings to directing really because once you've done it in rehearsal you can recall that emotion if you're a good actor and Imelda Staunton is a staggering actor especially doing so 
authentic in rehearsal that you mm. did not like it that, that that is an honest and pure reaction yeah when you when you're that good of an actor when you in, are in just the moment. you've been in your character for who knows how many days and you know what you're doing and then cops walk in like that's gonna hit you hard that's acting. wow and yeah that she was close gonna win up. were it not for a little movie called million, million dollar, dollar baby. baby she was gonna win so i quickly just really wanna say, who else was nominated I can that tell, year I can tell you wait on a, no can we do it together sure can we alternate okay okay um hillary swank million dollar baby okay annette benning in being julia and not a staunton barry drake <laughs> Kate Winslet in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And Maria Full of Grace. Yes. Who I will look, I, I feel bad, I do not I do not know her name. I don't either, but it was Maria Full of Grace. What a strange is, I, I yeah. fooled year. you, didn't I? I did the easy ones and yeah. I got the hard one. The what mid, a strange year. The mid-aughts strong were year. very strange, like, best actress nominees. Uh, oh, 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 duh. Catalina Sandina Moreno. Mm-hmm. Duh. Um, so that's a, that's a crazy year because I think back... To when we were talking about the mule, all right, and we were all riding so high on Hillary Swank, mm-hmm. and I think we're all Annette Benning fans in the room. Mm-hmm. I hate that movie. Really. I've never seen Being Julia. It's so bad. I'm um, sorry, it's so. Kate bad. Winslet gives, in my opinion, undeniably one of the great performances in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless I Mind. That agree. yeah, I mean that movie works because of all of it, mm-hmm. but she is an indispensable element of it. Mm-hmm. Haven't seen Maria Full of Grace, but it's this, it's, it's the sort it's the sort of critic it's the sort it. of critics' favorite that never makes it to the mm-hmm. Oscars. And of course, we're talking like this is 04. like this is yeah. pre Oscar So White, yeah. like that that this Latina is able to burst through mm-hmm. um, on, on riding on her performance yeah. and and critical acclaim to get in there, an yeah. unknown, mm-hmm. uh, and then a great performance wins. Yeah, but I think Imelda Staunton should have won. I probably would have wow. voted for Hillary, but it's hard to say. I mean, I think that... So y'all told me that there's a close-up in this movie that is just like one of the most devastating, like best close-ups in cinema. Mm-hmm. It's the one where she turns and sees the police walk in, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, like for that piece of acting alone, like yeah. everything flickering across her face. You know, I know it's the... Yeah. yeah. It's the IMDb image. Wow. Yeah. Um, the, the way that she's like, she knows exactly why they're there. Mm-hmm. She feels that she's letting down her family. She feels like she's let down herself. Yep. She feels like she's ruined everything. And she still believes that she's done the wrong thing and has no regrets about it. Yeah. You get all of that yeah. in the close-up. Like, uh-huh. this is Nicole Kidman in birth close-up. It is. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is one of the great close-ups. It's stunning. And I have to say, stunning. like, it's possible that I was just, like, drunk on Mike Lee watching three in a row yesterday. Mm-hmm. But this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. <laughs> like, it really oh, it's, it's staggering. When it, yeah. when it turns, yeah. it, it, it Well, because it's, it's like the... I mean, and, and funny enough... Terrence Davies' The Long Day Closes um, is also inverting this idea of like the working class, like British 1950s drama about the family struggling to make it work. It's inverting it because it's queering it. It's making it about a young gay boy who is um, trying to find himself within his unit and also in the movies and how Davies is wielding the cinematic elements that... um, that Bud, like he's been, he's telling the story through the cinematic elements that Bud is telling. Bud is making sense of his story by bringing it to life as a movie, mm-hmm. and that's how the long day closes is told. Mm-hmm. But it's sort of this like working class boilerplate <coughs> drama, not boilerplate, but you know what I mean. In this movie, the first hour of it is pot that boiler. pot boiler. Thank you. That's what you're looking for. I'm looking for pot boiler. 
Uh, and this movie for the first hour is that too. Yeah. And then it makes this twist into reality. Mm-hmm. Just like The Long Day Closes, it's an ecstatic reality, but it's still the perspective that you never see in this type of like national identity And if story. you told me from the point she gets arrested to the end of the movie was 20 minutes, I would believe you. And like, I know. I know that it's I not know. rationally. I know it's about probably half of the movie, but I would believe you that it just... It's, it's, yep. Yeah. Because I'm blank. so invested in her. I know, mm-hmm. me too. I mean, that's how commanding the performance is. Yeah. That, that, that you are just pulled to the finish line with her. I mean, she did one of the best gypsies I've ever seen. Oh, you saw that? I've They uh, broadcast it. Oh, yeah. And I have Which is, her well, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf on a hard drive. Yeah, would you send that to me? Oh, no, it's on my hard drive that crashed, so I don't have it anymore. But I, I can get it again. <sighs> my, I'm leaving. A friend of mine I know will have it okay. still, so I'll get it from him. Because I'm sure it's amazing. Yeah. There's also like... She's not afraid of silence, which is a mark of a really great actor. I know. And there's big shades of Jean Dielman all across Vera Drake. Mm-hmm. And I'm being serious. But, well, I'm not being that serious. But just like she has the son who disowns her, like the son who's not interested uh-huh. in her, like refuses to see her perspective. Yeah. This is a movie about patriarchy as much as it is anything else. This she cleans true. houses and... It's just the, the the way that the, the realities of her situation, just in order to live, mm-hmm. sort of collide mm-hmm. by the end. Not that John Dielman is necessarily about the last five minutes, but yeah. they are inextricable from the film. Yeah. I know that this is like an obvious point to make, but something Well, that, we should make it. What I love is, you know, the juxtaposition of how rich people get abortions. Oh, it's brilliant. That, it that, brilliant. Why don't talk about it? It's so it's Sally Hawkins is playing Amazing. Leslie Manville's daughter, mm-hmm. and she, would you say she was raped? Yes. Yes. And by a boy she was going to go out on a date with, and she gets pregnant. And her mother tells her, you're looking a little flat-chested. Like, mm-hmm. it, just this idea of rape culture, yeah. how pervasive it is, mm-hmm. even from, again, like the family <coughs> unit, which is supposed to be this, like, symbol of British identity. Yeah mom just wants her to get married mm-hmm. and wants to make sure that she has the best options in life and that's marriage for your daughter. But she, she, the reason she says flat chested is because everybody, they're all getting at this idea of you want him to want you. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then this is the natural logical extension mm-hmm. of that idea mm-hmm. and how painful and tragic that is. Mm-hmm. So then Sally Hawkins is pregnant and I forget, who does she go to first? Uh, she goes to she goes to her friend who maybe has had an abortion before mm-hmm. or is somewhat cosmopolitan, so might know somebody. Yeah, and she gets a name for uh, a, doctor. a doctor. Yeah, and she goes to see the doctor, and he's like, "Well, you'll have to meet with our psychologist," which is what the man running the college admissions essays would say to Felicity Huffman: "Your child has to meet with our psychologist as opposed to just a psychologist." I read an article about it today, so it's Privilege. in my mind. And it's like, you know, we know the person who's going to give you what you need in the psychological write-off. Yep. Of course, one, uh, we don't need to say why that. Those are different things. Yes. But that, are, that they're both indicative of privilege, mm-hmm. but in very different ways. And it's so, and she needs 150 pounds. He'll do it for 150 pounds. And he, she needs to go see their psychologist. And she says, I have 100 pounds. And... I don't. Is it like understood that he's gonna do it for a hundred? Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
That's what I took out of it. But it is a little ambiguous of like, obviously he's going to do it, but is he expecting her to get the other 50? And I don't think well, so. Well, no, because I think that the movie is, is so deft in its empathy here, mm-hmm. where even when he's, he's drawing a class divide here, mm-hmm. when like how rich girls, and of course who are in the exact same situation, like how mm-hmm. they are afforded different options. Yeah. Um, how at the end of the day, the person who is going to perform that procedure is it's still illegal. Yeah. He, he's doing it because he knows it's the right thing to do for mm-hmm. Sally Hawkins. Mm-hmm. And so he'll take a hundred pounds right. because ultimately he's putting his life at risk in order to do the right thing. So what's the difference? And she has a hundred pounds, but she can't go to her mom and ask for 50. Right. So she, it's like, she is still oppressed by the patriarchy in this way mm-hmm. that she can't talk to her mom about this. She can't do anything other than offer what charity has. Um, and then, so then she goes to see the psychologist and they talk and he leads her basically to say the right thing. I forget exactly what it was. That there's it's, mental illness in her family yes. that she'll kill herself if yes, she doesn't have that's the right. procedure. Yeah. And so she's like, doesn't yes. have the abortion. And she's, she would rather kill herself than have this baby. And then... That's really it. Yeah. Yep. So I we don't see anything more with this story. But this is like I I wonder if anyone at the time had a problem with this because they're like there's this whole narrative thread that is just abandoned. Because I don't think anyone did. Well, I'm just I'm I'm wondering because for me it's check the Metacritic score. This is going long now, but it has an 83. It's one of the too low. It's one of the too low. I am that should have the 94. It's one of the master strokes of the movie for me, and it's also important to note that. Vera Drake is the housekeeper, mm-hmm. or, or she she, yes. she she is the maid, or she, she's cleaning the house yeah. of this family mm-hmm. that includes Leslie Manville and Sally Hawkins. This but, rich family. But it starts out where we're almost in dual stories. Mm-hmm. It's two people's stories. It's Vera Drake's story and it's Sally Hawkins' story. Yeah. We the Sally Hawkins story is resolved forty minutes in yes. to the two hour movie, <clears throat> and that's so striking and intentional to me. Just mm-hmm. that for, from a narrative standpoint, that it's yeah. like. When you are operating in a sphere of privilege, again, he's not saying like, oh, Sally Hawkins, like, woe is her. Yeah. Like, like in a sarcastic way, that's not it at all. There's, that's not even an element of it. Mm-hmm. But it's the idea that when, when, you, when you have, this story can be wrapped up in 40 minutes. Yeah. Whereas if you are in the working class and you don't have the means to, um, you know, to... You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That it takes two hours to tell that story and then yeah. you're going to jail. Yes. And that's... And it's, so- um, that, not in terms of emotional trauma, but just like the practical solutions of these stories, it's it's an inconvenience for Sally, but it's not going to define her life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it, this- even, though, even though Mike Lee is still smart enough for to feel so intensely in the moment that mm-hmm. she thinks that it is going to. Right. And I'm, now I'm sort of, the reason I'm sort of watching my words is because we're like three guys talking about mm-hmm. a woman's issue. Like mm-hmm. we, we have no authority to talk about any of this, frankly, like in terms of like how they're feeling and, mm-hmm. and what's going on. But, but you're, you're right. It's just that he is all Mike, Mike and Sally are also giving this just in, intensity of just how she's in the present moment. And yeah. she, her life will be over mm-hmm. if, if she can't, if she can't get an abortion. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is it for her. But it's like the narrative stakes. Yes. Like the objective narrative stakes are so much lower for her because she is able, obstacle presented, 
obstacle overcome. But it's uh, not easily overcome, is my point. But, and I'm, I just will repeat that I'm not speaking to the emotional weight of this, just the act of getting it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She can Much get it easier. done. Yeah. I Which, like the right. ending when she meets uh, the two, when she speaks uh-huh. to the other two mm-hmm. women in the cell and that's how it ends. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. And they've done, they've been arrested before. Yep. And they're back, and they're back in. again. And uh, it's, it's so powerful. Well, it makes it makes me think about a lot of things, but I just I, I'm not going to get on a soapbox or anything. But abortions are always going to happen. They've happened since the beginning of time. They're never going to not happen. There's nothing wrong with that, obviously. The right wing in this country thinks that if they can just make it so hard to procure an, abor- an abortion mm-hmm. that no life will ever be taken before God intended, which is a complete sublimation of even what they're trying to say. Like, it's a contradiction. Mm -hmm. Because, of course, they don't really care about what happens to a child who's born. Mm -hmm. They they don't care about that. They they, they care more about a fetus than they do a person. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I watch this movie, and I think about what it would have been like to watch in 2004, or to watch even, like, in 2009 versus Mm -hmm. now where the Supreme Court could overturn Roe v. Wade and we will go back to something like this. Mm-hmm. And it just it just it just scares the hell out of me. Yeah. Do you know what was controversial about this movie when it came out? What is controversial about it? Is that people were upset that the method of abortion that Vera Drake practices, which is with the soap water and the syringe, invariably kills the person you do it to. Not um, it's not like it is in the movie is what people had a problem with where for the most part they're fine it's pretty much they're gonna die well I think that that's brought in oh really I think that that's part of the I mean that's why it's so important to have yeah. safe access to legal abortion and people were just like you know young girls could see this movie that don't have access to abortion and think that's what I'm going to do I think and that, that's what people were upset I think about. that's short sighted I, I mean there's, there's, there's a moment in the movie where one of the cops, not to like say that they're the ultimate authority in this, but like the cops say to her, like, have any other girls died from you performing this? Mm-hmm. And she says no. Like she doesn't know. The right. only reason that she's in that room is because she knew the person, mm-hmm. the person's mother, yeah. the girl's mother, who she was performing the abortion on. Um, if that hadn't happened, she would just continue on about her life. Right. I don't think that the movie is saying like, no, I know this is all. No, I'm not saying that you're saying that either. I just think that's a very selective reading mm-hmm. and 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 frustrating because it's the, the the movie isn't just about like this noble woman who just wants to help people, which it mm-hmm. is about that. But it's also saying when we're paying attention to a law that was written ninety years ago, mm-hmm. rather than what's happening right now. By the way, this was all happening ninety years ago. Mm-hmm. People are going to find themselves in desperate situations that are far more dangerous than they would be if people had safe and legal access to abortion. Like it, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I'm just frustrated by that because mm-hmm. it's, it, it's just Vera Drake can be a hero and she can also be performing abortions that are not the safest kind of abortion mm-hmm. without, it's just like, that's, that's just so dumb to me. Sorry. Like that's, that, that, that drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. Can I read a dumb review? Yes. The film's screenplay is thick with major lapses in logic, resulting in a story that ultimately makes little sense. Is that Rex Reed? <laughs> I don't know who this fuck is, but isn't that funny? <laughs> who is it? Oh, film threat. Oh. 
I don't know what that is. <laughs> um, no, I agree. That's stupid. God, people are dumb, aren't they? I think let's wrap it up. I think we have to wrap it up. Wrap it up. This bitch. has been Movies IMO. You can follow us on Twitter at Movies IMO. You can rate, review, and subscribe on the podcatcher of your choice. Yes. Including <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Acast, uh, Stitcher, Google, Google Play. Play, Google Play, not Spotify, never Spotify, not yet. They won't have no. us. No, they. Well, we might, might not. They currently won't have us. Well, yeah. we might. My name is Ben Empey. You cannot find me on Twitter at Real Todd Haynes. Bye. Uh, my name is Daniel Crook. You can find me on the internet at Daniel Crook with three O's. And um, I'm just so glad that Ben is off Twitter. I'm jealous. It's very nice. <sighs> I have like popped in a little bit. Must be nice. It must be nice to have some silence. Mm-hmm. Ah, silence at last. I'm Brandon Kirby. You can find me on Twitter at BK Kirby. My night qual is hit. Oh. <gasps> Good night. What are Next we talking week. about? Next week. <gasps> Next week. Greatest five stars on the iTunes store. The best film of the year. High Life, an English language debut by master French filmmaker Claire Denis. Uh, can you believe I'm going to be leading that episode? Wow. Denis <laughs> the Mani. Yes. Yes. What's our homework, Ben? Oh. Um, we are also, we're going to be talking about some sexy space thrillers about what it means to be human. Woo! Hell yeah. 2001 counts as sexy because he jogs in, Absolutely. in little shorts. Absolutely. Yes. I think it's hot. Yeah, it is hot. Here, yeah, Julia. Is that, is that his name? I forget. He's hot. He's hot. And so we are watching 2001 A Space Odyssey. Finally. And also, Under the Skin. Ooh. And? And Solaris, the original. I'll be watching the George Clooney. <laughs> That's probably sexier. It probably is sexier, and it's a tight 90. There's a lot about connection and memory. We'll talk about it. Isn't next the whole week. purpose of Soderbergh's movie to be like, we can do this in 90? I, be- <laughs> I I think that is explicitly why he made the movie. I don't even think we're in space yet in 90 minutes of Tarkovsky's Solaris. That's probably right. Hell yeah. I'm excited for Ben to share an anecdote about Solaris that he told me about the driving sequence oh. on the mic next oh. week. Oh. Did you say to rate us five stars and tell us? Yeah. But I didn't say to tell us. Rate us five stars and tell us. What family member do you resent for uh, skipping to another class? I phrased that poorly. I honestly, I'm going to bring this all home. And I know it's my fault we're now at this somber tone. But don't you think that's what Mike Lee does so well? He gives you the, the highs and the laughter and the, just the joy of being a human, and then reminds you. It's pretty tough, too. His Bleak, movies are funny. But much, never boring. But much to think about. Except Peter Lou. Peter Lou. The winner is Jane Fonda. Thank you. Thank you very much, members of the Academy, and thank all of you who applauded. There's a great deal to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to really thank you very much.